Welcome back to the channel today, everyone. I am Sarah Higdon. This is Transformed to Freedom. Oh, hi, babies. Um, yeah, happy Monday. It's a it's a it's a good Monday. Um, got a, got a, got got some interesting stories that have been going on this weekend. It's been uh, it's been kind of crazy. When we talk about though, <laughs> I got a little story about myself that I want to just. Uh, I want to share with y'all. It was kind of fun thing that happened to me last week. And I truly do believe that just doing this show every week and my audience and just kind of doing what I do um, helped prepare me for this moment. So last week I was at an event and it was um, the keynote speaker that was supposed to be at the event did was not able to show up. It wasn't their fault. Um, they had car troubles. Um, on the way to the event. And so it's kind of a nightmare situation for anybody who does events and all this stuff. And, um, you know, they needed to get their car off the road. So it, there was no way that they were going to be able to make this event. So I just kind of said, hey, I do, uh, I do public speaking. I, I give speeches and stuff like that. Um, I, I can fill in if you need. Um, and so at that point they, they, they started floating this idea that, that I could speak, <laughs> that I, that I could possibly do this um, if they needed me. And so I started putting together just some notes, literally had maybe 10 minutes to throw together just kind of notes. Um, so in the end, I basically went off the cuff to discuss trans issues, queer theory, all the stuff that I, I talk about quite a bit and obviously know very well. Um, I gave, I guess a, it was about a 45 minute to an hour presentation on it. I was like, I didn't even know I could do that. So something that I was quite proud of um, to do myself. And, and it really does, if you're, if you're in this type of space, you really do need to know your stuff know what you're going to do. I mean, you talk about elevator pitches. That was more than an elevator pitch. <laughs> and I will tell you, if you are nervous to do stuff like public speaking or getting in front of a camera, just do it. Um, the only way to get good at stuff is if you do it. Um, I was somebody who in college, I, I couldn't give a 15 minute presentation. I was not very good at it. I would, was, was, was really, yeah, not good. I couldn't, I couldn't, you know, a 15 minute presentation for uh, a speech class was, was difficult for me. So to, for, to see that I've can, I now just last minute can get up and do a, do a, a, uh, a presentation like this, um, off the cuff with no, with no warning, um, kind of impressed myself. I've always said that I could do it, but um, never been put in that situation. Um, but I did offer and I'm glad they took me up on the offer because it was, um, yeah, it just, it, it really worked out well. Um, I'm glad I was there. And now I hope to hear that speaker who was supposed to speak there. Hopefully that we, we reschedule soon because it was a great, it would have been a great event either way. Um, but I just tried to fill in and do what I could. So that's just a, a funny, funny little story um, that I had happen yeah, last week. So it was cool. Um, 
but jumping into the news, we got some stuff off the top. There is some big news, actually. Um, another big win in the trans space and allowing, um, you know, and saying that children should not be able to transition. So the World Health Organization, um, in their transgender guidelines, they are no longer going to be doing any recommendation for children and adolescents because there is a lack of evidence. So this is pretty good news um, because, I mean, you got to give credit where it's due. Everybody else is saying, hey, puberty blockers, fully reversible, but there's not the data. And they always admit that there's not the data, but they're still trying to claim that it's fully reversible, which it's not. And so if you click actually into this, this uh, the article that came out. I guess it was on December twenty sixth, but it says up. It was updated on January fifteenth. Um, they are extending the public comment de deadline regarding its plan, trans and gender diverse guidelines, out to February second. So we won't get those for what about another week or so. But the first thing on it, the World Health Organization transgender gender diverse guideline will address treatments of adults exclusively it will not issue recommendations for children or adolescents world health organization stated that due to uncertain evidence for a, for affirming care for children and adolescents it will focus its recommendations on adults only they acknowledge the evidence base for children and adolescents is limited and variable regarding the long-term outcomes of gender-affirming care for children and adolescents is noteworthy. So, again, when they start to say it's been proven, these things work, it's life-saving medicine, the the world health organization the global organization that you know deals with medicine on a day-to-day -day basis now disagrees with those on the left that say all these things are fully reversible and and it's life-saving they are literally telling you that there is not enough data and so they're not going to do anything with recommendations on children. So basically by not recommending any treatment for like any like issuing guidance only exclusively for adults should say, should show all these other under health organizations like the American Pediatric Society and um, what is it all uh, even WPATH, they sh which would fall under the World Health Organization, all of them should take notice and say, you know, if the World Health Organization is giving pause, you know, maybe we should give pause too, because there's not enough data out there to prove what we're saying. And if you can't prove what you're saying, if you're, if you can't prove that it's life-saving or it's fully reversible or, you know, all this stuff, then, and, and or even that the, you know, that it's, that the detransition rates as low as it is, that they say it is and everything like that. Maybe you just stop the practice, do the studies 
and then see what happens after that. Because they don't want to do that. They say they do, but then they don't push for it. And so we need the studies. We need to see what happens. We need to prove that the stuff isn't life-saving. It's not, um, you know, they, they need to prove it. Otherwise, you are hurting children. And right now, it's basically a giant experiment on children. So this is big news. Happy to share this with you all because this is something that we've been fighting for for a long time. So it's just another win in the win category, right? We have the the win that insurance companies are stop are not are not providing you know coverage for the for uh, treatment of adolescents, uh, malpractice insurance companies, um, and we're we're de incentivizing it, and hopefully we we de we de incentivize it even more to where it just ends the practice of transitioning children completely. So it's good news. Um, but speaking of health organizations, this also came out though, and I don't know why they do this stuff. I, I don't, um, the UN hired a trans separatist. Okay, so if you don't know what the, the F word is here, it's the one, the gay F word. So self-proclaimed F-A, you know, O-T, separatist for ex for expert health panel. And of course, people did what they do. They found out that this guy has some really crazy uh, grinder, X-rated grinder hookup text and all that stuff note to anybody out there when you share text on apps or with people or in dms they are not private people will share that stuff all over and especially if you're a public person they will come for you with that information. I can't, I mean, there, there's a child genocide post it says in here. Let me see. Okay. We're going to pull this up because I did not even realize. Let me see. So apparently this guy was actually on the uh was on the World Health Organization panel. Yeah. You can see some of these 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 texts are interesting. Thank you minimalist Bosnian says thank you for your good work. I I'm glad to watch, <laughs> glad I watched that disaster of a Jubilee episode because now I'm sub to you. I'm surprised you don't have a bigger audience. Thank you so much. Yeah, I'm, I wish I had, wow. Okay, stop. Um, well, we're not going to, we're not going to look at that, that tab anymore. Wow. Thanks, Daily Mail. <sighs> Yes, I, 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 I truly do appreciate though. I wish I had a bigger audience too, obviously, um, but we do what we can. Um, yeah, that, that Jubilee episode was 
nuts. I was happy to take part in it, but um, it was uh, it was quite crazy. Where is okay? Here we go. Okay, so we're back. So yes, y'all saw that. Like that was just that was Daily Mail that like spammed me and threw all these spam ads up on there. So that was uh, that was kind of crazy. Um, it doesn't want us showing the people that they're hiring to go to these conferences that are supposed experts in uh, in trans care. They would never bring me to an event like this, but then they let this dude who it's pretty racy. Um, more semi good news. I want to, I want to point out now, I don't know if we discussed this last week on the show. Um, the courage is a habit organization. Um, they pointed me in the direction of this bill, LD17335 up in Maine, and are encouraging everybody to, what day? we're encouraging everybody to reach out to the politicians. They have a link to it on their website um, because we need to stop this bill from happening. This is a sanctuary state bill in Maine which they're calling the, the transgender trafficking bill because that's pretty much what it is. So what the bill says is that if a child runs away to Maine, um, they can become wards of the state in transition. And the state does not have to give them back to their parents if they don't want to go back with their parents. Um, and so they can transition in Maine without parental consent. Um, and, it's, uh, and it's bad. But what happened was we had a full court press to stop this bill from moving forward out of you know out of the out of the committee last week it worked they postponed the uh they postponed the review of the bill until the 25th so there still is time get out there and make your voices heard on this that this is not only wrong but evil and uh, because basically what they're going to do now, the real reason why they they had to, they pushed it is so that they can now get people from, you know, the, uh, the ACLU, you know, um, WPAT, like all the, what is it, all the activist organizations uh, to come down. You know, Trevor Project, all like I said, all the activist organizations, the trans activist organizations, P Flag, all of them, get them to come down so that they can um, they can testify on behalf of this bill and try to say why it's so good, so that they can make it seem like it's not all, you know, negative. You know, it's not all negative press coming coming at it. It's they have now have to you know, rallied their allies in order to be able to stop the, or in order to pass this disgusting bill. But we want you to go to this. And I would say, honest, I would say go to the Courage is a Habit page on Twitter. And you can, you can see everything about this bill, who we are, who we're targeting, and I, I, I still, I, I don't know, I'm going to say something because I know 
Senator Senator Eric Brakey. He's a libertarian that um, we do stuff with. So I'm still in that clear why he is uh, he's listed on here because I know I'm pretty sure he wouldn't be uh, he wouldn't be for this bill. So I'm just uh, just throwing that out there. He's he's one of the good ones. And I would say I don't know anything else about these other representatives. I don't know what they believe. Um, so this might just be the, the, the full, this might be, just be the full committee that's reviewing the bill, but definitely send out there, um, because this doesn't just affect children in Maine. This affects your children. If your children can then run away to Maine to have this done, then this affects your children and you don't want this to happen. You don't want them to become a safe haven that harbors children from their parents and then allows them to get medical procedures done. Okay. So definitely kind of beat that horse, but go Go send, like I said, go send these these representatives your thoughts on the matter and how evil it is. Thank you. I guess the the last of the <laughs> the kind of notes stuff that we want to do at the beginning of this show, I do want to say it was actually kind of big news. Um, former representative from Michigan, Justin Amash, announced that he has opened an exploratory committee to run for U.S. Senate as a Republican in the state of Michigan. This is actually really awesome. Um, I think I think, um, I think Justin would do an amazing job. He's somebody that we definitely need in the Senate. Um, and so if you're in Michigan and can help out, go sign up. Like I said, go to his... Um, go to his... Twitter page and you can see this and you can go on there and let them know what you'd be willing to help with or anything like that. The biggest criticism, I mean, he's a, he's a libertarian. He's, he's, he has base values. I don't agree with him. The one, the one area I definitely disagreed with him was um, when, he, so he voted for impeachment on, on, on Donald Trump. And I, I disagreed with that. Um, and then once he did that, um, obviously Trump came after him for it and then he left the Republican, he was kind of forced out of the Republican party. And, um, at that point he dug into his, his heels into the sand with, you know, he was fully against Trump and everything like that. I, I disagreed with the decision, um, at the time, um, to, because there was no evidence to impeach Donald Trump either time. And so um, I disagree with the decision, but I understand why he left the party. And then he basically became the first libertarian in Congress, um, even though he was not elected as a libertarian. It is nice to see that he is going to be running as a Republican because that is where he can win. Let's, let's, let's 100% honesty. That is where he would win. He could win, and I, I I think he would do a great job. Um, I mean, if you know, I grew up in Michigan, so I, I did reach out and offered my support to to him. Um, I 
you know, I, I, I know the area, I have family in the area. And so I would love to come up and help in whatever capacity that I could. Um, and so, but if you're, if you're around and you want to, you want to help a, another Liberty person, we could use somebody. I mean, right now we have, um, Mike Lee, Rand Paul and, uh, Thomas Massey, which is, uh, Thomas Massey is a representative, but we have only a few people in Congress period that are actual Liberty minded, um, folks who are trying to get stuff done and we could definitely use another one. I would have supported Justin Amash for the libertarian candidate for president any day of the week. Honestly, I, if he had run for a libertarian candidate for president, I probably would have supported it. So there's that. But on to the GOP primary. We have big news. If you have kind of been, if you, if you don't live perpetually online like me, you or watch a lot of news, if you've basically been living under a rock, you, you, you this might be news that, yes, Ron DeSantis has decided to end his political, end, I going to say end his political career, but end his uh, campaign for presidency. Um, and endorse Donald Trump, which makes sense. So here, I'm, I'm not going to play the full clip. I will say this is probably his best speech of his campaign. It was, it was a, it was a good speech and not just because he was dropping out or not. And not just because he was endorsing Donald Trump, which it's the only logical play from, in, in my opinion for him, but it was just, it was, it was a good energy clean. And honestly, he looks the happiest that he has this whole, this whole, uh, whole process. So here's what he said. Now, following our second place finish in Iowa, we've prayed and deliberated on the way forward. If there was anything I could do to produce a favorable outcome, more campaign stops, more interviews, I would do it. But I can't ask our supporters to volunteer their time and donate their resources if we don't have a clear path to victory. Accordingly, I am today suspending my campaign. I'm proud to have delivered on 100% of my promises and I will not stop now. It's clear to me that a majority of Republican primary voters want to give Donald Trump another chance. They watch his presidency get stymied by relentless resistance, and they see Democrats using lawfare this day to attack him. Well, I've had disagreements with Donald Trump, such as on the coronavirus pandemic and his elevation of Anthony Fauci. Trump is superior to the current incumbent, Joe Biden. That is clear. I signed a pledge to support the Republican nominee, and I will honor that pledge. He has my endorsement because we can't go back to the old Republican guard of yesteryear, a repackage formed of warmed over corporatism that Nikki Haley represents. The days of putting Americans last, of kowtowing to large corporations, of caving to woke ideology are over. I thank all of our passionate supporters who have stood by us through it all, that we had people volunteer to come to Iowa in the middle of a blizzard to knock on doors and make phone calls touched us dearly. No can right. So, I mean, that's kind of what he said. I mean, like I said, it was a good, good speech. Um, 
I, I, I don't know what he's talking about when he's talking about corporatism, because um, I, I, to be quite honest, both the left and the right support what is essentially corporatism. I don't know very many people that actually support pure capitalism unless you are a libertarian. Um, I, I, every day I'm, I, I have people online are talking about what they think, you know, the government should do with private businesses, tell them to make their rules, what, you know, no matter what that is. Um, you know, so they, 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 the government's trying to force on both sides of the aisle um, businesses what to do, but I get it. Haley's bad. I, um, I agree with, with, with his stance though, that, I mean, there's really nothing else more that he could do here. And so, uh, I mean, what are you going to do? Donald, I'm just, I, 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 what I will say, I am kind of surprised that he endorsed Trump so quickly. Um, I, I guess he did it because he, well, one, he probably saw the, everything, you know, all the, uh, the praise that Vivek got after he dropped out right after the, uh, after he dropped out last week. But it seems, I mean, it, it's interesting because you're now seeing a lot of DeSantis supporters vowing that they wouldn't vote for Donald Trump. Um, which is interesting because it is kind of a slap in their candidate's face. Um, right. I mean, if he's saying, Hey, I'm supporting this person, you should too. And now all these people are jumping ship from the person that he's saying to support. I don't know. I don't know. Um, it was interesting. Yeah. Political ran an opinion column saying that the DeSantis team ran the worst campaign in history um total failure launch which it's going to be interesting because he he spent a lot of money this is what i've seen a lot of people talk about the campaign spent so much money you know donor money and now those donors are going to be coming back and being like like they're not happy because he was unable to gain any traction so their money was wasted and this is and, and this is one thing that I've said kind of grinds my gears about politics in general is how much money when you hear the when you hear the amounts of money being spent hundreds of thousands of dollars millions of dollars in one state to win one state like just to win one state you have to spend all this money and think about what that would mean to the average person let's let's actually queue up um because i think this person kind of nails it and it really is one of the best clips i've seen on the internet in a long time as well other than maybe the clip i'm going to show a little bit later because this shows nails it and it roasts Haley, so i'm i'm all for that i am fully on board with Rand paul's never nikki campaign fully on board good, good to see you nice to see you, nice to see you Dean. Oh, I love that. we don't get out the vote on tuesday it's Absolutely. important yeah. so, can i ask you just like a tiny question 
do you think it's responsible for politicians to spend like a hundred million dollars in Iowa on TV ads, which go to mainly news stations that have lied to us for years? When there's homeless veterans out there, they could use that money. When you didn't even come close to beating Trump, and you spent like a hundred million in TV ad money. Do you know my husband's a veteran? That's fine. But I'm just saying. I'm and do you know that you, when the media doesn't tell the truth, the whole reason you put commercials on is to tell the truth because yeah, the media doesn't. My point is, you're not going to be Trump, and you know all of the money you're wasting could go to better so, causes. I appreciate that. would make that. the Republican Party actually. Oh, no, you know what? Last I saw, it's yeah. a democracy. So we're going to keep working yeah. for a good democracy. Right. We're going to work for freedom. But thank but, you for your service. So first of all, there's a lot to say about this. He's right spending a ton of money to put ads out there it's going straight to the news networks it's going to big it's going to mass media it's going to the people that we don't really like honestly you could spend more money on twitter slash x and it would do better and get your message across more than spending it at those places and you can and you can target ads on social media platforms so that's one thing um He's talking about homeless. He, he's asking, he said it could go be going to like homeless veterans. Yeah, why not put it to a charity that's helping homeless veterans? I agree. You know, volunteering to spend that money to help people instead of run a political campaign. That's that's my biggest thing is I'm as a voluntarist, I would rather see less government and more people donating to charity, right? And so those people that are donating to campaigns could be donating to charities that are actually, like he said, helping, you know, homeless veterans or, or helping getting people care that need care um, in the healthcare system instead of going the millions that are going to this. And, and when she tries to slip and say, do you know my husband who I cheated on with Jody um, is also a, is also a veteran that that ha that's irrelevant to the point he's trying to make. She's using that as a diversion tactic. It doesn't, and, and obviously it doesn't work for him. So, um, it it's a great. I mean, and for him, it, it it's it's great to see somebody challenge her like this, and you can see her get flustered. And then look right there at the end. This is one of the things that I picked up on that is quite interesting she said last i heard last i thought it was a democracy any politician that runs for office that calls our system of government a democracy needs to be needs needs to not be running for government because obviously they don't understand our system of government because our system of government is a constitutional republic that's a very key distinction it's not a democracy and the fact that nikki haley is now using words that are you know pushed out there by most people on the left Tells you a lot that you need to know. But I had an epiphany today, though. I, I really, I, I did kind of have this epiphany just before I came on, right? 
maybe it is good that Nikki Haley is staying in. Now, let me explain. Let me explain this. Nikki Haley is supported by Democrats. We saw this in Iowa. A lot of people switched over their votes. A lot of people switched their voter registration. Um, the the uh, Democrat for a day switched over. She has a lot of Democrat voters. Some of her other donors have um, have bragged about it. Um, we know that um, there is an interesting thing thing that's happening is in this uh, E. Jean Carroll case, um, the the uh, the judge pushed it to tomorrow, the same day that is the the New Hampshire primary. So Trump can't campaign tomorrow, um, and he has to because he has to be in New York. And one of the people that's financing that is uh, that Hoffman. I think we talked about him who went to Epstein Island. We talked about him last week. He uh, he's also funding Haley's campaign. So if Haley stays in, she's just drawing out more Democrat money. The longer she stays in, she's spending Democrat money that they won't have for the for the for the general election. That's a good thing, right? And if you want Donald Trump to win, you want Democrats to spend more on the Republican primary than and so they don't have as much money for the general election. I mean, I'm just, uh, it's a theory. It's, it's, it's definitely, uh, it's definitely a little bit of a theory, right? But let's turn back again to another good news story away from American politics, because we'll see what happens tomorrow in the, in the New Hampshire primary. Cause, um, that's, if you're in New Hampshire, go out and vote. Um, but let's talk about let's talk about Davos. So the World Economic Forum had their annual um, annual convention last week in Switzerland, Davos, Switzerland, and it is interesting because you know um, Javier Malay, the new president of Argentina, libertarian president of Argentina, he's an ANCAP president of Argentina, his whole speech was straight fire. And it's funny because when he got elected, a lot of libertarians were saying, were, were using the fact that the he was listed on the World Economic Forum's website as an attack against him, not realizing that like they list everybody that comes there. So like, I think Donald Trump's even on there. Like they're like, they list everybody on their website. Um, and so he went, straight into the lion's den and told them to their face what the people need to hear. So let's listen to what he said. Like I said, this is only a, a short clip. This is a short clip of his speech. The full speech is fire. He went after socialism. He went after everything. And then he went straight to talking to the people and this was awesome. I would like to leave a message for all business people here and for those who are not here 
in person but are following from around the world. Do not be intimidated, intimidated either by the political class or by parasites who live off the state. Do not surrender to a political class that only wants to stay in power and retain its privileges. You are social benefactors, you're heroes, you're the creators of the most extraordinary period of prosperity we've ever seen. Let no one tell you that your ambition is immoral. If you make money, it's because you offer a better product at a better price, thereby contributing to general well-being. Do not surrender to the advance of the state. The state is not the solution. The state is the problem itself. You are the true protagonists of this story. And rest assured that as from today, Argentina is your staunch, unconditional ally. Thank you very much, and long live freedom. Damn it. It reminds you of that um, Ricky Gervais was at the Oscars, literally going in there and telling them to their face that they're, they're stupid, and they are the enemy, and that the people that are out there, like... They, he basically said, you are not the solution. You are the problem. To those in the, in the room. Um, I love it. Love it. Love it all. And it's interesting because um, this is kind of a throwback to Cla what Klaus Schwab actually said about libertarianism before Malay. Like This was uh, from the archive. Like I said, I don't know when he said this, but it is interesting that yeah, they hate libertarians at the World Economic Forum, which should tell you that we are on the right track as libertarians. Um, but this is kind of what he said. You have this anti-system movement. What we are seeing is a revolution against the system. So fixing the present system is not enough. Now, there is, of course, a anti-system, which is called libertarianism which means to tear down everything which creates some kind of influence of government into private lives. It's demantling the system. You have this anti... Yes. Yes. We want to dismantle the system that these globalists have created. There's nothing offensive about what he's saying. There's nothing wrong about what he's saying. Because I truly, because the state is the problem. These globalists that think that they, I mean, he. this is the guy that said, you will own nothing and be happy. Think about that. Jen McMahon says we are their we are their employers and they tend to forget that. Yeah. And it, the, the reason why they tend to forget that is because there are no consequences when they don't, you know, abide when they don't listen to what we have to say. Think about this. We have people in Congress that have been there for years and years and years, people reelect and reelect and reelect. And they always think it's not my Congress person. It's the other Congress person. That's the issue because they have like a 20%. I think it might, maybe it's even in the teens, but it's something like a 20% approval rating for Congress. Yet 
people seem to elect the same people over and over and over again. This is why, I mean, primaries are so important. Um, we have a primary here in South Georgia or Southeast Georgia. Um, and I am pushing this person, pushing this primary challenger because, and I'm going to, I'm just going to, I'm just going to say it right now. I, I don't remember off the top of my head whose name it is that's going, that's uh, in the primary. But state Senator of Georgia, Ben Watson, is the reason why we don't have, or why we did, we were not able to ban puberty blockers in the state of Georgia last year. Republican Senator Ben Watson blocked us from being able to put puberty blockers. And he argued with me in his office. He tried to argue with me that puberty blockers are fully reversible. And that's what his friends in the, in the medical field have told him. And so he's going to believe them over me. Who's done a whole lot of research on this. Even with the, even with the research in front of him, he told me that they are fully reversible. And so he doesn't see a need to add them to the bill to ban them in Georgia. And so I am backing his primary challenger. And I am going to do whatever I can to get him out of office because he is not somebody who holds my values. And he is doing the most egregious thing in putting children in harm's way because he doesn't want um, to be seen as, quote unquote, like, he doesn't want to be seen as a bigot or he, he wants to play nice with the left. No, he needs to be out of office. Anybody who supports children transitions should be out of office. And these are not popular ideas. Only 11% of Republicans actually agree, actually think that children should be allowed to transition. So no, no, we're not going to do that here. I hope somebody clips this and sends it to him because he will remember my face. Because I told him, They are not fully reversible. And now we're going to challenge him. Let's get him out of office. And it's crazy because the person that's challenging, that is actually challenging him, used to work for, or she was part of, she was, one, I think, one of the volunteer members with no left turn education. And she was on the phone call that day when we were trying to get that, when we were trying to get puberty blockers added to the bill. She was on the phone call, so she heard the argument that me and him had to had. And so me and her are going to work to let's, let's get him out. Ronnie, you're in Wisconsin and, and, our, and your governor is vetoing every bill. Yeah, I did a speech in Wisconsin um, last maybe January, it was January. Yeah, it was last January, about this time last year, I was in Wisconsin uh, giving a speech. Me, well, not a speech. We were doing a panel with Chloe Cole and uh, Jeanette from uh, Partners for Ethical Care and um, all that. And that was one of the issues. I, I spoke with some of y'all's representatives up there um, who there was like three people that were part of the, there was like a few that were in the, in the state legislator that I talked to when I was up there. 
And so, um, yeah, I've, I've offered my help up there as well. Um, any, anybody that's up in Wisconsin, honestly, any politician around the country that needs help with this stuff, I am, we're going to work on it. We're, I'm, I'm here to help when it comes to passing bills to prevent children from transitioning, when it comes to um, stopping males from competing in female sports. Like that's, that's one of the things that's big on my docket for this next legislative session is to stop males for, from competing in female sports. Been talking to some um, organizations about how we can, how we can do that in different areas. So that's one of the things that we're doing. I've been talking to legislators about, about that as well, but there's a lot of issues out there. Um, along with preventing schools from being able to keep secrets from parents, which um, we, so the legis uh, in Louisiana last year, we pa we were I was, we were able to get that passed the legislation. Governor vetoed it, and then they never brought it up for a veto override like they did with the bill that we we passed to ban um, transition. So. Those are the types of bills that I'm very passionate about and looking forward to working with anybody. So if y'all are out there and you're listening to this, send, you know, send this video to your state reps and let them know, like clip this, clip this part and say, Hey, Sarah knows her stuff. Sarah does, will come and speak on any bill. If you, if you have her, let's, let's, let's talk. I'm talking to all legislators out there. Let's talk. These are the types of issues that we need to be focused on. Um, yeah. One of my quint, so if you're new here, that's one of my, uh, my, my, my quintessential rants that I, uh, I will go on from time to time because these things are important and we need to, we, we really do need to push for better legislation. Um, yeah. No, you're right. You're right. Jen McMahon says people are so forgetful when it comes to politics. She lives in California. And my fellow Californians completely forgot about the 2020, about 2020 and the the big demic and voted for Newsom again. Yeah, remember when remember when Gavin Newsom came up for um yeah, when he was uh was recalled, had a recall vote on Gavin Newsom and he was able to get back into office. These things don't make sense. Like you had the same people. And this is my, my, my thought is, you know, we see all this conversation online and I always say that the internet's not real because there's so much conversation about everything online, but then the average person, when you get out there, one, they don't really care too much about like what we care about online and two, um, they don't necessarily know or pay attention to what's happening in government or what's being passed, nor do they really care unless it affects them. And then they complain about it, but then they don't actually change and vote differently when, it, you know, so they'll vote red or blue or whatever they've done for a long time, unless somebody actually comes and explains to them something that they didn't like that, that the other people can, you know, change. And then there is a certain, you know, and people on the left tend to vote more. They always make these emotional arguments. If you saw in that Jubilee episode, they make these emotional arguments instead of the logical arguments. But at some point, the emotional arguments fail 
because the logical arguments turn into appealing to emotion when you do it right. Like transitioning children, children can, cannot, cannot consent. The reason why like detransitioners, other than the fact that they left the cult and now they're a danger to the cult, detransitioners are so dangerous because they appeal to the emotions of the people they're speaking to. Their stories invoke negative emotions and that is how you destroy the thoughts of people on the left because again they're not because the left is able to appeal to a large mass of people not by using facts and logic but by using emotion you know talking about um suicide issues talking about you know it's life-saving you're prevent you know basically it's a transgenocide all these things that's those are the those are the things that they they say and do so yeah all right, so we're going to move on though and talking about appealing to emotions. <laughs> if you did not see this week, big, big story, big to do about um, the UFC champ. And actually, I guess Sean Strickland actually lost this weekend, but UFC champ, Sean Strickland's, um, just went off on a reporter this week who was actually starting to ask him. So background on this video though, let's talk. So Sean Strickland has said in the past that if he had a gay son, he would feel like he failed as a man. I don't like those comments, but it is what it is. I don't, I, it doesn't affect me. So this reporter was going to ask him about this in a pre-fight interview, and I'll, let's just play the clip real quick. Sean uh, Neil Davidson from the Canadian Press. Welcome mm. to Canada. Oh, congratulations! Yeah, <laughs> the Canadian Press, man. Were you a uh, were you a, uh, a COVID bank account stealer too? Were you on board with that? No. I, uh, Are you left wing or right wing? Were you a were you a Trudeau? We got one of the, we got one of the fucking commies with the press we got to know where this man stands were you non-biased i think i lost the question too oh he thinks he'll ask oh we fucking know maybe i should just pass on this motherfucker he's gonna go back he's gonna go back and fucking give my bank account information to fucking trudeau <laughs> well it's probably a good bank account uh, let me see oh that was not um where is it? That was not the clip I thought it was. Let me see. Okay. Um, Okay. Well, he basically, after that, he went off on, 
so he was asked about his his previous comments. He said, "Are you gay?" The person had kind of said he's an ally to the community. Um, then just said, "You're you're part of the problem. You elected Justin Trudeau. The fact that you have no backbone and." He shut your country down, sees bank accounts, and you ask me some stupid ass like that. Go fuck yourself, he says. Um, pressed a little bit further, he said trans used to be, 10 years ago, to be trans was a mental illness. And now all of a sudden, people like you have weaseled their way into the world. You are an infection. You are a definition of weakness. Everything is wrong with the world is because of you. The world's not buying it, all this stuff. So those comments, depends on the way you look at them, they could be considered transphobic, homophobic. Um, it seemed like he more wanted to talk about his left-wing policies and and um, and pushing back against like Justin Trudeau for me, uh, to me. Um, but I, I don't think he's a big fan of of gay or trans people. You know, I don't think that me and him would have a, a, a great conversation, but, you know, I don't really care. He, he has a right to his opinion. So post-fight interview, um, of course, Dana White gets asked about this and asked if there was a line, basically, that was going to be crossed. So here's what here's what Dana said when the reporter, I think. Let me see. Wrong tab. Like, you obviously give a long leash to your fighters about you know what they can say when they are up there with the UFC microphone, and you are getting into territory of homophobia, transphobia. Is there? I don't give anybody a leash. Well, I'm saying you a leash. I'm like free speech. When, control what people say. Going to tell people what to believe going to tell people i don't fucking tell any other human being what to say what to think and there's no leashes on any of them what is your question i was asking that question i'll move on though yeah uh, probably a good idea that's ridiculous to say i give somebody a leash free speech brother people can say whatever they want and they can believe whatever they want yeah i i, I appreciate this stance completely I appreciate that these guys are fighters. Like if you're if you're in the in the, if you're in the fight industry, you're gonna have characters who are you know maybe not the best moral characters or you know I I don't know maybe like he said people know who Sean Strickland is and they they set them they try to set him up and later in the interview he said they they tried to bait him with that question. And you know what you're going to get from somebody like Sean Strickland. You know, it is it is interesting. You have the freedom to say whatever you want. And I have the freedom to not associate with you. That's fine. I had no issues with that. And that's exactly what Dana White's saying. And I wish people would actually sh play the clip after. Like what, what Dana said right after this. So this is at the end of that clip. He points out something that is so, so important because as a person, you give words power over you. If you're offended by what Sean Strickland says, that is a you problem. 
not necessarily, it's not necessarily a Sean Strickland problem. If you, if you get into your feelings, like I can, I can, I can say those words are what he said was offensive. If you feel that way, if I felt, if I feel that way, I can say that, Hey, maybe that was, it was probably, it was homophobic. It's hateful, but he has the right to say what he wants. And that's the way that I would, I would, I would take that. Um, and this is exactly what Dana White nails this right here. And this is interesting because I didn't know this until I watched this interview until I watched the interview. So I was writing that article and I was watching through the interview to see if there was any, any more context to it that the, the social media had kind of left off. This is what I found actually. This is cool. If, and I don't think there's any, we had, we had, we had two gay women who fought in the co-main event. They sat on the stage with Sean Strickland. They could give a shit what Sean Strickland thinks or what he says or what his beliefs are, what his opinions are. You know what I mean? Go ahead. What do you got? I want to go back as well. A uh, number of months. So that's, I mean. To go, you spoke. Right? That's that's important right there. They, they sat on the stage with him, heard his comments. They don't care what somebody like that has to say. I mean, these people are fighters. They go out there, they say some of the craziest stuff to each other anyways to hype fights. You can't. I mean, but I did not know that the two women that fought in the co-main event were also, you know, they were two lesbians. So I think, are they going to get, I mean, are they going to get in their feelings? No, probably not. Who cares what Sean Strickland says? Like it take, like, why get so worked up? Honestly, all the, all the people that got so worked up about this did was boost this. Like if you're upset about like even just asking the question, like you, if asking the question boosted his views, I would have never known Sean Strickland's views on homosexuality unless that reporter went to ask that question. And then it blew up online because people got offended by it. Like all they do is the Streisand effect this stuff and blow stuff up online and make it make it even more bigger deal than it really was. So I appreciate somebody like Dana White fully. Absolutely. He he nailed that question. He handled it so well. Yes, Ronnie, he handled it so well. Um let me see. But we're coming down to the top of the hour. But I do want to kind of point out this last uh, this last interesting story. So um, the Patriot Front, Elon Musk said, just follow them. So if you didn't know the federal organization, I mean, the, uh, the, the, the quote unquote white supremacist organization, the Patriot Front was out marching in New York City this week. Um, and obviously the same things. It's their feds, their feds, their feds, their feds. Um, that's what you see online. Nobody really worries too much about that. Now, um, which is interesting, Elon Musk noted this uh, over the weekend. He said, why doesn't the media or government care about their identities? Uh, he shared a picture where they were arrested um, and all of them were masked when they were arrested. Like they were still allowed to be masked when they were handcuffed on the ground. It didn't, it, it, it seemed kind of weird. Now, I don't think that the, the Fed can just be like unmasked people because there is a, a free speech aspect to anonymity. Um, 
and they have a right as long as they're not doing anything illegal, they have a right to um, say hateful things and be anonymous in saying those hateful things. Um, but it, it is, but all he said was, but follow them, right? So he, um, so it's really interesting in this video, you see the people from the Patriot Front organization going to cars where their uh, license plates are all blocked out. So you can't actually see what their license plates say. So they're not, they're driving with blank license plates. That's suspicious. Um, Elon Musk said, seems like they should be followed and unmasked. Why doesn't the government or media care about their identities? When Brian Cranston, known leftist, um, and he's he's actually writing this. He, he's writing what he says in this. I give him credit here. He says, I would love to see the Patriot front and mask, but the media nor government can simply unmask them unless they break the law. It would be assault if done physically. As much as I hate it, even hate has rights. Unfortunately, that part he's that part he's right. He said he finds it insane. He, I find it insane that people are in such belief, in such disbelief. I think he, he so he he thinks that. He does. He does not believe that this is a this is a conspiracy. He believes that it's it's actually a hateful organization that just so happens to have cover by the uh, the U.S. government. It's interesting, right? Um, but Elon Musk has said just follow them, and actually, Cranston uh, then said, "I'm surprised it hasn't been done yet." It's true. Why are why aren't journalists or anything like that just following them to their next location? I'm I, like, I've never been around them, so I, I've never been able to you know follow them to their look like where they go or anything like that. It is funny because then uh, Thomas Massey joked um, that they were just on their way to the the pipe bomb workshop, referencing this video from uh, the FBI that that showed that. The pipe bomb hoax might have been created in um, what is it? Um, the the pipe bomb hoax was um, promoted by the FBI, and it was apparently the person in the video was not just somebody walking by the office and saw the pipe bomb. It was uh, it was so. The pipe bomb, the bomb that nearly killed Vice President Kamala Harris on January 6th, said the FBI, but now the former FBI official who oversaw the investigation said it could have. In fact, the bomb appears to have been a hoax created by and covered by the FBI and Secret Service. Hmm. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of stuff coming out about that, um, so pay attention to that because it does seem, again, maybe the feds have a role in some of this stuff. Don't know for sure, YouTube, but we we see it. Um, but it's interesting because this is again reminiscent. Their license plates are are blank, and it kind of reminds you of this clip here in DC. What last year, and where they went down into the DC subway station. And the police blocked anybody else from following them into the subway station. So they were just able to ride on out without anybody following them. Again, it, it seems really weird that the police would just let them have the subway station all to themselves and not let anybody through. 
I'm not saying that I'm not, I'm not saying that they're feds. I'm just saying it's suspicious. <laughs> but with that, y'all, thank you again so much for joining me for another episode of Transform to Freedom. Remember to uh, click that like and subscribe button below. Follow me across all social media platforms, and I'll see you next time.